Welcome to Sideburns and Cigarettes, a Lupin the Third podcast, a podcast about a monkey-faced thief, his friends, and their many adventures. We are covering all of the animated and live-action entries in the Lupin the Third franchise in, mostly, <clears throat> chronological order. This is our weekly reaction series to Part 6, Ladies' Night. And joining us tonight, we have returning guest, Lauren. What's up? Hello! I'm I'm so happy to be back. Let's let's talk fashion, baby. Literally, Woo! literally a, a part a part of of my career. So nice. Walk, nice. walk, fashion, fashion baby. baby. We're, <laughs> move that bitch crazy. Yeah. And of course, of course, we're your usual gang of suspects. I'm Drew. I'm not. <sighs> <laughs> every week, every week, I'm Chris. And I'm Tim Gunn. Make it work. <laughs> I couldn't say that with a straight face. <laughs> no, I'm Natalie. I'm just, um, I'm, one of my many obsessions in life is, um, haute couture and fashion. I, I, I used to watch Project Runway religiously and, um, yeah, this episode, <laughs> it was. It's called fashion, sweetie. Look it up. I know what fashion is, honey. Okay. <laughs> And I'm over here in a flannel shirt and a Super Mario tee. I don't know the first thing about fashion. I'm wearing a boob window, so... <laughs> I noticed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just, here, I'm just here in my beanie and my Batman shirt and my pajama pants, which you can't see. And I can't show you because my legs are hey. tangled up in my recording studio. <laughs> it's great. Hey. <laughs> Hey, it's okay, it's an audio is, podcast. It's honestly up to perspective, really, because um, this uh, this fashion designer literally looked like one of my favorite TikTok influencers, so. <laughs> she looks like a co-worker of mine. <laughs> Weird. So, anyway. Tonight we are covering episode 16 of part 6, Samurai Collection. And to kick off our roundtable of impressions, uh, Lauren, how did you feel about this week's episode? Well, if I may say, the second half of, of part six is, I, I'm loving every episode that is coming out. I'm like, whoa, suddenly it's like, suddenly drank the good juice and it started to like, pick up. So like, I don't, man. <laughs> uh, and uh, so I'm, I'm, every episode has brought something new and fun to, and especially with being able to highlight each new character, each, uh, each character appropriately, and this Goemon one, I mean, it's funny when everybody says, "Oh, he's so he's like the pretty one, right? He's you know he's he's the samurai. He's got this grace, this elegance, and he's just refined and old school." And it's just like, and then, oh wow, we're gonna feed into that right into this into this episode all about fashion and having him be a fashion model and a fashion inspiration. I thought it was a fun direction, uh, 
especially when you can apply how hardcore uh, Goemon is about training and how he applies that same mentality to getting literally getting good uh, in in uh, cat- catwalk. So it's <laughs> so it's actually kind of. It, I, I feel like it was something where it almost seems like an off the wall kind of thing to put him in, but at the same time, it made all the sense in the world when they the way they did it, um, especially with this whole theme of 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 all the different ladies of this second half of the season. Um, so uh, yeah, I love the new fa- I love the fashion designer character. She's uh, she's really fun, and uh, and also if I may say her fondness for having animals and being like, can we have the animal? Oh, yeah. I was like, can I have a cat? How about a dog? And I just like, yeah, the fact that I'd like to point out that her cat has a little heart above his eye, like a little heart spot. That was so freaking cute. Yeah. I, 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 was, I, I like, I gasped on the call when we were all watching it together. Like, Is that a heart? <laughs> it's so cute. But, uh, but so yeah, no, I, I think this one was like a super fun romp. We got some good Fuji loop action. Uh, just yes. and like and it, like that's, it's like good actually positive like representation of Fuji Loop that I really like to see where it's like they're both on the same page and both actually going to be in cahoots with each other just like let's rob a runway. <laughs> so, uh, I love seeing that honestly and um, yeah it's it, oh and and I would like to say uh, seeing a uh, like Zenigata and Yada show up. And Yada literally just being a fanboy over all the VIPs at this event. Like, please, more of this characterization. Because you every now and then I feel like people forget he's a rookie. He's new to this stuff. So a lot of stuff he's going in with fresh eyes and a fresh experience. And Zenigata couldn't care less. But it was because <laughs> he's like, literally, I've been doing this for over 50 years. I do not care about all that kind of stuff. And Yada's just like, <gasps> look at that. So I think it's... <laughs> I, I really did. I really did love this episode. It was a lot of fun. Oh, heck yeah. And so, um, uh, Natalie, how did you feel about it? I thought it was cute. I mean, we're back to filler. Um, I agree with Lauren that so far the second half of part six is um, it's drinking that, you know, do better juice. <laughs> um, I, I do like that analogy. But no, like, again, I'm still very cautious but I don't consider I don't consider the filler episodes to be really what I'm going to judge the overarching overarching story with. Um, but you know we go from we go for a sentimental emotional Jigen episode to a really fun and I feel like a lot of Goemon episodes you know Goemon one offs are are very fun. They almost always involve some kind of training or some kind of like um, epic battle, not epic battle, because mm-hmm. you know I'm thinking oh. of, I'm thinking of. Um, excuse me, I'm thinking of part two and how like Mm -hmm. a lot of the Goemon centered episodes were more like he's training or he's got to beat up somebody or he's got to kill somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, But no, this wasn't it. This was more like a really fun Goemon romp that, you know, kind of in the spirit of that one part five episode where he goes to hang out with all those cosplayers um, (laughs) in that one town in France. But this is completely different. And, you know, Laura, I'm piggybacking off what you're saying, the whole like, it totally makes sense that um, Goemon would would take runway training as seriously as he does his conventional training. And mm-hmm. I do love how, you know, that also is incorporated with his regular training. It kind of reinvokes something within him. He didn't have a romantic aspect with Gabby, which I was really thankful for. 
honestly. Because mm-hmm. I kind of get tired of romance romps with Goemon because it, it goes like... Goemon is like one way with ladies. It's like he's very nervous and he's very flustered. Blushy uwu baby, which yeah, I was blushy, tired of seeing. I'm like, I know some people like love to see blushy uwu baby, but I'm like, but I'm like, but I like when they can not do that because it's like mm-hmm. again at the court he is a samurai assassin. He is like no. he is so. <laughs> Agreed. I don't mind his blushy moments, but they when you ride too much on them for too long. It, it like you're you're diminishing his character to being just the cute, the cute character, no. and I'm like I don't agree. Like, I like it where they took this, where they balanced it with it being as like a a softer, more sentimental episode for him, but mm-hmm. at the same time not diminishing him down to being like a punchline or anything. They literally are like, you see how seriously he freaking takes his training. Apply that yeah. to the runway, and that's like, and saying like he he literally is an honorable guy. He wants to honor her and what she's doing and that's why when it comes down to fuji loop trying to like rob her collection and and you know it make off with like a literally just like the one of the most like expensive collections ever uh he's like no not on my watch (laughs) so (laughs) no yeah like for me it was more um I don't mind gooey gooey ooo going on baby because I joke with my roommate I'm like you know, going on his baby, and she'll just rebuttal and be like, "Natalie, he's a grown ass man," and I'm like, "He's still baby." <laughs> but I'm glad that they don't do it with him because I do get with him in this episode because I do get tired of it. I, mm-hmm. I like how the relationship between him and Gabby is just very admirable, very on friendly terms. Gabby's an interesting character, and yes, I do love that she loves animals, and she mm-hmm. put Goemon in and looking, making him look like freaking Monka Strap from <laughs> the cast musical. <laughs> I'm like, oh, nice, to, like nice to see they the the Jellicle Ball was one of the themes. Thank here. you, thank you. <laughs> you just Goemon comes out of nowhere and goes, uh, and what do see, I see d- but a Jellicle cat? <laughs> and I was just, just, I was gonna say, what was when when Lupin shows up and disguised in the dog costume and i always think oh, about like the cats yeah but yeah when it's, it's like the cat is better than a dog <laughs> oh. <laughs> so yeah i i you know i guess lauren and i are just gushing over this episode because for a Guaymon one one off episode as zany and, a, and as funny as it was it worked and it's a very different direction for Goemon aside from, again, the really trainy ones or the I'm going to kill somebody ones. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Thanks, Lauren, for gushing with me. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> so, Chris, how'd you feel about this week's episode? Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Um, honestly, it felt, I mean, I know this is the comparison to make a lot, but oh, well, it's my favorite. It felt a lot to me like a part two episode, like especially mm-hmm. around like the middle of the run. I mean, it probably wouldn't have played out exactly the same way as it would as it did here, but but yeah, I mean, I again, I'm echoing what everybody else says. I thought it was uh, it was really cute. It was a lot of it was a lot of fun, and I mean, I, I feel like all right, guy, go ahead and check this off the box. All right, go ahead and check this box off the checklist. But I like this so much better than I did. Goemon's focused episode in part five. Mm. Like oh, I feel yeah. like the whole thing yeah. with the convention and all that was just such a huge missed opportunity. Yeah. But this episode was not. I I also agree. I thought I thought Gabby was a really cool and really cute character. Uh, a lot of the interplay between Fujiko and Lupin I really liked. 
uh, especially the bit where uh, it's like a lot of interactions, like especially when Lupin goes in for a kiss and Fujiko just shoves a tablet in his face. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that kind of stuff. And then just like trying to kiss and then I'm going to go for a swim instead. Flop. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was fun. Flop. Also, uh, Lupin disguising himself as a gangster's mole, I thought was hilarious. <laughs> you know, just so, like with the pink wig and the glasses and the cleavage window showing off his chest hair. I thought it was great. <laughs> Again, I also like that they gave Yada characterization, period. Mm-hmm. Like, that was nice. It's like, oh, he, he has a personality. Who knew? <laughs> I mean, I guess everybody watched Prison in the Past knew, but I haven't seen, still haven't seen that one. We got to watch uh, it, Chris. The know, hell? It's so good. I know. I probably really like it, too. Let's see. Like, it's it's really it's a small thing, but I really like near the end, the way uh, Zenigata is holding the handcuffs. <laughs> and he's, like, mm-hmm. like, tugging on them. It's like that felt very part two or part three as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched the episode twice now. I, I figured I had more to say. I gotta, start, I gotta start taking notes, man. That hasn't been already said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I think Will was one to point it out, but uh, uh, Gabby's, I don't know, manager or whatever, mm-hmm. looks a lot like Sean Connery. Yes. <laughs> That's what's like. I, I'm like, I, oh, so nice for Sean Connery to show up. <laughs> yeah, no, um, one of our friends in our Discord server, Kara, pointed out that it looked like Sean Connery and or her dad. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was her. Okay. Yeah, Sorry, and I was like, the fuck? And I think what's interesting, Piggy, backing off you, Chris, is that um, last week for our podcast, um, Guillaume did that impression of the late, not great, um, fashion... Um, fashion mogul um carl lagerfeld and apparently mm. this guy's name is lagerfeld and i'm yep. like wait a minute that <laughs> lagerfeld he didn't look that good because towards the end of his life after all those plastic surgeries the dude looked the dude looked gnarly like <laughs> i, I kind of it was kind of funny now that i think about it because it sort of fits into the whole England theme, which I know they're not really so much focusing on that in the second half, but mm-hmm. it is kind of funny that the Sean Connery character shows up in in the part that was you know pushing the whole British angle, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, and of course this character shows up in like the half that's not focused on the British stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so. For me, oh, I guess this whole episode is just going to be a big gush session. So here we go. Um, we want to try not to repeat Let's anything. Gush. <laughs> but like pretty much. Sorry, that sounded way wrong. <laughs> I didn't think of that till you said it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah. See, the trick is your oh, brain wait. always has to be your your brain always has to be in it, so that way you don't catch yourself off guard. <laughs> That's it's, what it's. That's it, that's my secret cap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Look, let's save let's save the mutual gush session till after the recording. All right. <laughs> Anyways, so I'm pretty much just going to echo whatever what everyone else has already said. Like, this was just such a nice, sweet episode. Like. It, well, the last one was also kind of sweet too. Like you know, it's kind of melancholy. Got really dark in some places, but I kind of like how they've counterbalanced. You know, 
this main arc, the witch and gentleman arc, like the first two episodes, you know, you get kind of really introspective with Lupin. They're a bit, not darker, but they're a little heavier with what they deal with. You know, Lupin's like in a bit more serious. He's in with his mother. He gets really threatening at the end. And then with these two, you got kind of lighter, more like little bits of character, expo- mm-hmm. character expo- exploration. I can speak with them. Um, <laughs> With Jigen and Goemon, and I have to agree, I like the fact that in this one, Goemon was, I, I loved his dedication to the fashion show, because there's there's even one line of dialogue, because Gabby saves him from his bout with a whale in what seems to be the Arctic, mm-hmm. and he's got to repay that debt, and we know Goemon's a loyal guy, but um, uh, I, I, I loved how... Like uh, Lauren mentioned, he wasn't, you know, ooh, baby, Goemon over... Gabby, like, I kind of like how they play with the more fish out of water angle, just with him being as serious as he Mm -hmm. is in this setting. Because you've got like that first bit where they're like, he's trying to vogue with the other two models and he spreads Mm -hmm. his arms out and whacks the other guy with his (laughs) Antetskin. She tells him to release his inner magma. More pizzazz. 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 He takes a sumo pose. Yells pizzazz. Magma. Magma. Is this the is this the inner magma in me? Is this the inner magma? magma. <laughs> and I, I'm like I'm so looking forward to how they dub this one because oh my god, Lex Lang having to do <laughs> having to do runway talk. It would I'm like having to say I'm like how much you want to bet they want to throw in Vogue. It's just like I just <laughs> it's I'm I'm really excited because. Again, the whole fish out of water angle, like you said, it's always like to have Goemon in it and then where they still are respectful to his character without mm-hmm. making him completely the punchline. But it's like, yeah, uh, but it's still like, you know, it's tasteful. It's tasteful comedy and yeah. um, and still in very much in character. So, mm-hmm. I mean, thinking about the last sort of fish out of water episode, you know, the one in part five with the cosplayers, it felt like the whole time he was the punchline of the joke. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you did have moments where people were like, Oh my God, a samurai is he cosplaying? Let's take photos with him. But mm-hmm. you know, the whole, the whole episode was like how Lupin was essentially taking advantage of him. Mm-hmm. Um, um, because, you know, Goemon's there to do a job and he doesn't realize <laughs> until the end of it that it's like, Oh, Oh, oh i'm getting fucked over here aren't i <laughs> especially because i can't you know goemon goemon can another punchline of his is he can never manage money very well i'm just thankful they didn't put that element in here because mm-hmm. my poor baby <laughs> it just makes me think of how in part five there was that whole thing that a whole tangent that the that where goemon was becoming self-conscious and, and worried about like how Lupin viewed him like he's it's mm-hmm. like oh he views you as a treasure and it's like no he views you as and it's like oh we all resolved he views him as like his family right it's like somebody he wants to protect but also Lupin in that episode mm-hmm. <laughs> like god <laughs> which you know not to interrupt you here uh, not to interrupt him right here but something I really like is that you know like I like how this uh, episode sort of showed that you know, the gang is off doing their own thing, mm. you know, mm-hmm. because like, uh, well, for one thing, Jigen was nowhere to be found. So who knows what he's up to? He was having a long smoke break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or maybe he's off. Maybe he's attending that wedding from last week. Yeah, that's... But hey. yeah, this will all be happening at the same time. But, you know, like how Goemon is being, you know, independent, 
you know, of Lupin and his gang. Lupin and Fujiko are hanging out. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of nice, showing that these guys in Gal do have lives outside of each other. Mm-hmm. Even if they do intersect. Yeah. And which I, I, that, uh, I think... I think part one in the manga did that kind of thing a lot, and I, I always mm. liked it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and I, I think, Lauren, you already mentioned it earlier about um, uh, the dynamic between Lupin and Fujiko. It was really nice in this one. It was just kind of sweet and funny. Like, you got the, like that, that little moment when they're both looking on the tablet together and, like, talking about how they're going to mm-hmm. strike. I got the line of dialogue here because the line of dialogue was... um. um Oh yeah, because Fujiko's like you know, while the audience is captivated, we'll, we'll nap everything, and then they both in sync say in one fell swoop, and they just start giggling with each other. Yeah, that's when like I do love those kinds of dynamics. Again, when I like to, I my favorite Fuji Loop dynamic is when you actually see them on the same page, and you're mm-hmm. like, yes, see, look, because then you get to see them more of like. Because there was always the argument of you know they're two sides of the same coin. Really, it's like you know. I like seeing that more in those kinds of interactions, like what we got in, in this episode Uh, that, and it, and it shows that they can actually have, I, I, I've seen it more in this part than I have it even in other parts. It seems like almost like there's been a progression in their relationship after Mm -hmm. part five, if you want to count it as as like a sequential thing uh, Mm -hmm. is seeing that they're kind of more mature about their relationship and being a little more healthy about it. To mm-hmm. a degree, like I like oh, yeah. seeing them actually like where it's not like one trying to pull something over the other again. It's like actually there's actually moments where they seem to be uh, you know in sync, which is really really cute, and we mm-hmm. get moments like that. I'm like again, yeah. nothing, nothing like seeing those two light up at the whole concept of being like, yeah, we're going to freaking rob a runway and we're <laughs> <laughs> like and and getting excited about it. So. Mm-hmm. um like mutually happy about it, and um, yeah, uh, I loved that. And then on t- uh, on top of that, it, I, I had to think about <laughs> when when Lupin does show up in disguise on the on the catwalk, and Goemon <laughs> immediately catches on, going like. <laughs> He's like, the moment Lupin shows up anywhere, trouble's gonna come, right? So he's yeah. just like, you freaking screw this up for me, I will end you. Like, it's like, <laughs> like if you show up, it's like, you're here, something's gonna go down. Now I have to be on my freaking guard. And <laughs> but meanwhile, Gabby's like living for the all the spontaneity of that moment of him chasing him around the catwalk. I'm like, you, you come oh, here, come Gabby. here. Yeah, Gabby was having a freaking ball with that. She was oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah this is chaos i love it this is just what i needed and mm-hmm. you know the translate again with the translations but like i i did enjoy the whole nothing like a little bit of a camouflage yeah. <laughs> it was a pun worthy of my punsters chris and guillaume oh, i love you guys <laughs> yeah that was great speaking of couldn't help but be reminded of lupin's horse disguise in your favorite episode of the woman called fujiko mine now mm. <laughs> oh, um, you said that at Yeah. Get it up, get it up, get it up, get it up, get it up. <laughs> yeah, though, that part, you know, off, again, with my love of uh, Tosca, but, you know, that part was a little bit worse because, I mean, it was nice with the with the disguise, but I was not very comfortable with Lupin just getting on top of Fujiko and then suddenly just groping her, which is why I love this dynamic here. And mm-hmm. piggybacking off Lauren, you know, again, like I told Guillaume when we were in Switzerland, when we watched that episode where 
um, Fujiko defends Lupin against Albert. Like, again, this just proves to me that after part five, they're canonically married and they're, they're much more, they're much healthier in their relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's just so fucking adorable. Like, I still want that dynamic where they betray each other for the funsies of it. Cause you know, they've have, a, they've admitted it to each other and in, in the series and monkey punch has even admitted it, that it's a relationship dynamic that he likes. So while I don't mind how adorable it is here, cause it is pretty fucking cute. Like we're going to steal from the show. Yeah. I, I, I do miss a little bit of the betrayal, just, just a twinge. <laughs> but I, I appreciate the moments like this, though. <laughs> yeah, I mm-hmm. do appreciate it. I love mm-hmm. it. And it is different. Like I said, it, it almost seems like they've matured, which is, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. hey, there's growth. We're actually seeing growth in <laughs> Lupin, where the characters are evergreen and never really have to change. But I, it's like, but it's a, it's a nice little, it's a little progression, you know, as a treat. <laughs> not too much not to stray too far but just just enough i wonder how long this one last mm-hmm. well, but drew you were going to say something oh god i'm trying to remember what i was going to say wait a minute oh yeah this is this is this is, we've had so much meaningful conversation this is going to be so stupid i i love the moment when <laughs> gabby like because there's there's a specific shot where she's like she's watching with lagerfeld like this the show and like stuff starts getting chaotic but the specific shot mm-hmm. when she first smiles is when Goemon's the cat, <laughs> Lupin's the dog, and it's when Lupin gets on his knees and goes, Tinkle, it cuts to Gabby, and she smiles <laughs> and it zooms in on her. And she's like, yes, this is the way. <laughs> this, this was the missing piece. <laughs> Piss jokes. This was the missing element. <laughs> Again, it's just like, oh lord, this this episode, like, I'm still, I'm still gonna, I'm gonna make this joke for fucking ever that <laughs> Goemon just loves cats now, and, and and off the corner, he's just singing in that outfit, like, are you blind when you're born? Can you see in the dark? <laughs> yes, yeah, shut up. I like cats. Leave me alone. <laughs> the one catch with that is when he's singing it, he's singing it like he is in that episode of part two, you know, the really dark one in the beginning where he's singing YMCA slightly <laughs> off key. That's how he's going to be singing the cat songs. <laughs> oh my God. Sings I mean, yeah, from Tom Tugger in like a really bad, really bad octave. It's like, no. no. I, was, I was gonna say, for all of Goemon's talents, I don't think singing has ever been one of them. No. I, I I think it's been pretty much established that he can't really sing. So. Oh. He sings about as well as Fujiko dances. <laughs> or cooks. I mean, Fujiko can't yeah, cook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that it's like canonically, we now know she can't cook <laughs> it doesn't surprise me it does not surprise me that she can't cook <laughs> i'm up with uh going on in this episode I, I think i mentioned it last night we were recording i solidified my my idea when i was re-watching it today this episode so you've got going on training quite intensely he uh, has a face-off with a giant sea creature. There is an intense, repetitive training montage that causes him to collapse. An arc where he lets go of his stubbornness and embraces a new outlook, you know, outlook of fashion. So it's essentially the PG version of Goemon's blood spray. Like, they're, like Gabby even mentions, even tells him, she even tells him to invigorate all five of his senses, which is like a key plot point in Goemon's blood spray. So I stand by my theory. This is Goemon's blood spray, Goemon's blood spray for kids. 
So, yeah. Well, I was also gonna say it's uh, it's like I don't. It's like I need to know what happens in Goemon's blood spray, but I don't have time to watch it. I only have twenty two minutes to watch it. <laughs> it's it's basically um, y'all remember four kids? It's a four kids version <laughs> four of Goemon's blood spray. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine a four kids version of oh my God. I have yeah. imagined it and it's not yeah. pretty. There's I mean, less titties involved and I'm already sad. Starters, yeah. I don't know, man. Like four kids is weird. Like their anime was horribly butchered and sanitized. But the Ninja Turtles cartoon they made in house had an episode banned because it was too gruesome. I Jelly Donuts are my favorite. <laughs> Jelly donuts are my favorite. No, I think honestly, my favorite of four kids was always um, don't move a muscle, Kaiba, or we'll shoot you with our invisible guns. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, just imagine four kids, Lupin the third, Jigen's holding a gun, but it's literally just his fucking finger. <laughs> oh, boy. So, kind of like that moment in Fuma where he forget- forgets that he <laughs> doesn't have gun. a gun. <laughs> and then goes, hey, pimp. It's like the reverse of my favorite video every Friday on on Twitter. Today is Friday in California. What? Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Jigen making little pew pew noises. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's it's Goemon's blood spray. For kiddos. You know, for kids. For kids. You know, for kids. <laughs> well played. Uh, well played indeed. So, so obviously, we, we better be getting some, some figures out of this episode with all the outfits Goemon has, because I would very much like to have that uh, that snow wizard outfit that he wears. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of want, I want the Doug Dimadone outfit. <laughs> <laughs> we do a Twitter poll on our account. Is it Doug Dimadome or he's a, is he a snow wizard? Decide. No, it's Doug Dimadome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimadome, of course. Dimadamon, Doug Dimadome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimadome. It's the Dimadam. Doug Air, It's the Doug Airholtz Dimadome from the. Dim- <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, there's that outfit. I do want the monkey strap outfit and I'll, and I'll put it next to my little area that I have my cat's poster. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so help me. They don't make a fig of, of Goemon in that monkey strap costume. <laughs> <laughs> they better. Cause you know, talking about Goemon and um, talking about characterization of Goemon, I think we've mentioned um, we've mentioned previously that like with Goemon, Goemon and Zenigata, but Goemon especially have that curse of people of writers not writing him very well. So they um, exclude him out or they write him out or they use him, but they don't use him very well. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, <clears throat> going back, um, what I'm trying to say here, losing my train of thought, <laughs> ADHD, that this episode, yes, he's utilized very well. But also, um, in terms of like merchant, we're talking about merchandise, and unfortunately, in Japan, Goemon is not a very popular character. Like overseas, people love him mm-hmm. for the same it's reason I- they love 
yeah, they love ninjas from Naruto. But mm-hmm. in Japan itself, it's like they love the more westernized characters. Unless you're a cop, then you love Zenigata, mm-hmm. which I've mentioned before how much Japanese cops love Zenigata. And I'm actually down with like that. Everybody loves Zenigata. Yeah. White <laughs> people like Zenigata. Hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But also, um, gotta have my pops. So if they do, it would be highly unlikely that they would do merchandise of him. But if they, but I hope they do. At least, if, at least the ones where you can paint, you know, those those gray ones um, that are already modeled to paint them. I will totally, you know, That'd I have cool. a roommate who loves to paint D and D minis all the time. So I can, I can get his help, borrow his paints, be like, help me paint going on into Monka Strap, please. <laughs> 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 get some sculpting clay uh, out of there and start <laughs> start yeah. applying those ears. <laughs> I think it's become a running theme on the show. We always got to give a shout out to uh, the translator of the series, uh, Zoid the 9000, for maybe the one mm-hmm. line that cracked me up the most in this episode when, when Goemon is uh, chasing Lupin and Lupin kind of runs around a corner and yells, Nana Nana Boo Boo, stick your head in doo doo, which was. Head in doo doo. That. Yeah. that that was just that that's high art right there and i'd like to it's funny because i think i remember first ever hearing that phrase from tosh.0 way back in the day so i'm like so I'm oh just lord <laughs> so i'm just like it was like oh it was like a warp back to 2009 for me in that moment <laughs> just like man and a boo boo stick your head in doo-doo <laughs> like holy crap just hearing that like ages me because I remember Tosh.0 and when he was actually funny. Like, mm. back damn. when it was like impo- impossible to get tickets to a show because he has an audience of like 15 in a small mm-hmm. studio space in, mm-hmm. when he does those shows, usually, or at least when he did the show. Um, yeah, and that was before COVID. That was years before COVID. Mm-hmm, so. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, it, that was just so funny to me going like, when I saw that line, I wanted to go just like, wait, <laughs> did he just quote Tosh? <laughs> <laughs> It's like that. Yeah, it's like, like that. Was that um, a JoJo's reference? <laughs> was that a Tosh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I, I really enjoy. I, I, we say this a lot when we do mention the translations, especially since a lot of us do watch it on high dive. Um, mm-hmm. But I, um, you know, with the exception of because I did notice when I was in Switzerland and I was trying to watch the part one episodes, I couldn't watch high dive in Switzerland. I had to use a VPN. Um, but the translations for you know that zoid 9000 has done are impeccable and Mm -hmm. i I do sense a lot of like part two elements especially like um with a couple episodes back you know jegan was using words that i remembered he used a lot in part two like friggin Mm -hmm. and i was just like ah yeah yeah it's kind of like the leonardo dicaprio uh meme of like you know on the couch (laughs) yeah I know. I think the, the 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 first example that stuck out to me when the, when he did that was um, at the end of the Hemingway episode when Lupin gives that whole spiel just to squeeze in those short story names and Jigen catches that and he's like, oh, God, what a friggin' farce! <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> such yeah. a great payoff to that gag. Oh man. Yeah, but for this episode particularly, there was just so many good one-liners. Again, my favorite one has to be "Time for a little." Camel Like I'm not really a I'm not really a punster, but I enjoy puns, and that was great. Oh yeah, I was at work watching that, and I fell off my fucking chair laughing. <laughs> it, 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 
I and you you guys know me enough that I'm like I'm the person that will crack puns in the middle of an episode or watch and stuff like going but and, and the fact that the episode beat me to it on that one I'm like well freaking done <laughs> it beat you to the punch yeah <laughs> no 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 come back <laughs> you're hosting the call come back come back come back it's like no 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 don't Sorry. leave that was good <laughs> I, 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 I always do the Titanic come back Come back. <laughs> you know, um, uh, I was going to say, we're not going to throw you into the penitentiary, all right? The <laughs> also, you know, let's, I do want to talk about Zenigata a little bit because yeah. um, while he wasn't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know Lauren is always down to talk about Zenigata. We, we've seen your Twitter profile, honey. Like, <laughs> we get it. We get it. You love Zenigata. Just, just chill. Just chill. <laughs> and, and we all saw how she drew me. You yeah. know, it's. <laughs> Chris, you were already a hunk before we met you, so just like you know, hush, okay, but hush, but you know, I I was still very flattered by you know how good I looked. But anyways, um, while he wasn't in it in this episode a lot, I do love. I, I mean, I know I speak for I, I speak for a lot of us here in the pod that we it's not like we don't like Yada. It's just like we just wonder why Yada is there nine times out of ten. But Yada was so adorable in this episode, and I love it, especially him fan fanboying in front of Zenigata. Like, oh my god, yeah. do you see that actress? Do you see that? He's here? <laughs> like serious business. Like. I've already seen people like, making mm. stickers out of just his two faces of him gawking. Just, oh. <laughs> just Twitter's having way too much fun with Yada from this episode. Oh hell yeah! And, and, and I'm, just, I'm down. It's just like something of a mobster movie. <laughs> that mobster scene, honestly, that mobster scene reminded me of. I don't. I, I I hate to admit that I've seen this movie, but have y'all ever seen Rush Hour Three? You know where they go to where mm. they go to Paris. Mm. That. If you ever get a chance, I don't recommend it because Roman Polanski's in it for like five minutes. But um, um, yeah, <laughs> and not in a good way either. But um, there's a scene where they're trying to so they're trying to grab this woman who the triads are trying to kill, and she's like a burlesque dancer in a Paris nightclub, mm-hmm. and they have her singing to Serge Gainsbourg's uh, Bonnie and Clyde, and they do have this part where the dancers come out in mobster outfits and just start shooting. That is what that one scene in the runway show reminded me of. I was just waiting for Serge Gainsbourg's Bonnie and Clyde to play, and I was like, <laughs> Serge Gainsbourg? Aww. Sadly disappointed. <laughs> but, um, but no, like, uh, yada. Zenigata. Zenigata, always serious business. I love when Zenigata is serious business, honestly. When, mm-hmm. I love him more when he's serious business, and I love him less when he's a little bit loony, but he is more fun I, when he's I think loony. it depends on the tone of the episode and the movie yeah. that he's in, because mm-hmm. it, it, when it's, if he can, as long as he can match the overall tone, that's when mm-hmm. it's appropriate, as I noticed. It's like, of course, when something's going to be lighter in tone, he's going to be lighter and goofier. But when mm-hmm. you have something that can is a good balance of being where it's like, it's going to have its funny moments, but it does tend to lean towards the more serious, then he leans more into being the, the more serious detective, which I like. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, and I like that we've, and especially now that he has his, he has two children to look after. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I I hope we I do hope we see more of her also um, because you mean Yada uh, Lady 
Yeah. <laughs> yada, she yada. <laughs> I like yada and yada lady because it, it kind of sounds cool. Yada, yada lady. <laughs> yada, and a girl. <laughs> but, Question uh, mark. I do like, I, I'm like, I know this isn't about that episode, but uh, I do like how Fujiko just shows up in the middle of like the smoke screen and just like hands her the phone with the little tracker on it and oh, then just dan- just was like, wait, what the? <laughs> Such a good <laughs> Fujiko. And I, I do like, because then you're seeing that first instance of, of because her name's, uh, let me, if I remember, her name is like Ari, right? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. Is that, yeah, is that uh, you get to actually have her be more involved, or at least hinting at being more involved with the group trying to like interact with her more in that way. That was our mm-hmm. first little taste of that, which was really cool. Um, that's why, again, I'm like, how... I love I love Prison of the Past for how much they were showing Yada actually interacting with the group, um, mm-hmm. which is so that again that's why I like seeing more of I would like to see more of her when they do get around to that. Uh, but I will I'm always happy to see more Yada rep because uh, I like when we actually see more characterization like we do from from Prison of the Past, which I think perfected his him having that more of that rounded personality and his role mm-hmm. uh and in, mm-hmm. in terms of like his dynamic with Zenigata. Um and you're seeing more of that on display in this kind of episode where he gets to when he lights up and is just like a little fanboy. Um mm-hmm. versus in part five when he's introduced and he's far more the straight man to Zenigata in mm. ironically when Zenigata is pretty straight himself is just um mm-hmm. Uh, but he tends to be the more like, you know, he was played super serious uh, and by the books in part five versus how he is now, which is like, I like how they've embraced him being more the rookie figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope they keep leaning that more into that because then you have room for him to grow versus him already being good. You allow him to have some room to be, uh, you know, be able to learn and to be able to kind of take on a a a unique personality so uh yeah um oh i was gonna say uh in terms of the uh in terms of gabby and goemon going back to them uh i like i really like the moment where she kind of has as any creative would or anybody who trains hard and, and studies hard works hard in a particular field and they do it for so long and they think like you know this was my passion going like when did you feel like giving up and he's like I don't, you know, he's like, I never, he's like, don't you ever feel like giving up on it? Don't you ever feel like you just want to like drop the Z- Zantes, Zantets again and just like forget and just like, no, it's my, this is my life. I never know to give up. And so it was almost the like the blade has no end. Exactly. Ah. And I like that there is that, that where they kind of have that moment where they can reflect and, and she and Gabby's able to reflect herself Um in that they aren't so different as a creative and, and he's an artist in his own right in that he, the path of the blade is like, you know, you're studying hard, you, you train hard, you focus on that for years and that's what you do uh, to mm-hmm. perfect it. And same with her. But that came out of like, she was passionate about it and passionate about fashion and design. And, and it feels like she's kind of lost her way uh, it, as she's climbed up the, the ladder of success um 
so she kind of just goes, I've lo- been losing myself, been losing my touch. And that's why she's like, I feel like there's a piece missing. And mm-hmm. it's almost like they are able to show, they are able to teach each other and open each other up to new things in this episode, which I really like. That's that's the dynamic that we are given for these two, is that they're there to be catalysts for each other for change in their lives or to embrace something new. No, agreed. I mean, even like, I mean, it's interesting that you bring that up, Lauren, because when, you know, me with, I don't, I don't want to call it obsession. It was just like when I was a teenager, I had that small phase of like being obsessed with haute couture and learning about the history and mm-hmm. really watching a lot of Project Runway with my mom and learning what it really takes for like designers. You know, it's like once you watch Devil Wears, Wears Prada and realize that the fashion industry is not so much about money or about, um, or, or just about bougie things. It really is an art form. It's a form of art. Um, a lot of designers, especially more modern, younger designers, they do have a sense of burnout. It's like once you achieve that status and you sell your first uh, $10,000 or $100,000 dress or outfit, you feel and, and the pressure to just continue to to design and to keep on going like many other professions, you are going to feel a sense of burnout and you're going to feel this sense, or like any other artist, you're going to feel this sense of burnout and just feel like, well, my biggest work has already been behind me. What, what else more is there to do? Mm-hmm. And, and it, again, like I said, it is pretty common in a lot of, in a lot of the more modern designers. And I love how they're using that, um, not necessarily that problem, but you know, that common thing that is happening with designers for this episode with Goimon, because you're right, at the end, Gabby and Goimon catalyst one another um, and show each other that, like, while there is a passion for things that we love and it burns out, we always have to find that one spark that brings it back. Mm-hmm. And for her, it was just the utter chaos that was going on trying to stop Lupin from fucking over her her fashion mm-hmm. show. And for her, that was literally the thing that brought her back inspiration. And and I find, you know, I love that it was very stereotypical like designer stuff like you know like a lot of old school cartoons when they have like the really artsy person or the designer person Mm. and they're like very like out there and they do weird things that get inspiration i love Mm -hmm. that they that they kept that trope so no i this was a this was a fun one so oh yeah um talking about something we never thought we would talk about which is fashion (laughs) so so does Uh, this mean the samurai wears prada the samurai hey. wears Prada, though. <laughs> though in the end, who who is Anne Hathaway and who is Meryl Streep? <laughs> hmm. So, uh, backtracking a little bit uh, to the whole thing with Yada. Yes, I get it. I need to watch Prison of the Past. But, <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, I know. Then, uh, oh, there's something else I was wondering. Oh. Uh, backtracking further to the whole thing about how Goemon is usually utilized in episodes like this, I like the fact that Lupin seemed to be aware of where this was going. It's like he had, like, you know, like when he says that, uh, what was it, like, uh, she won over his heart or something? It's like Lupin's mistaken. You know, like, there's nothing romantic there, but I don't know, I just thought it was kind of funny that, you know, he's seen this kind of thing happen so often. With Goemon specifically, that you know, he thought that was where this was going. It's kind of meta. Mm-hmm. Then again, I, I never met a reference I didn't like. 
Uh, <laughs> you heard it last week. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I had to say it last week, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. No, it's okay. I, I will always just poke you for it, but... <laughs> but no, I, 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 I agree. For my Not backtracking, forward tracking to the Yada thing. I guess you call it forward track. Whatever you, whatever you call it. With Yada, like I, I really hope we kind of double down on this characterization more because, like, it, like Lauren mentioned in part five, he was the straight man to Zendigata's straight man, which didn't make a whole lot of sense. Prison of the past, mm-hmm. they had the dynamic down perfectly, and then for these first few episodes of part six, it was almost kind of back to the straight man thing for like the Holmes versus Lupin arc, where he was just kind of like exposition lad the whole time mm-hmm. and then like even except for that one part in episodes in episode seven where he's like when they're oh the yeah when he, when he got, <laughs> when he got hammered. yeah i'm like as much as i still don't like that episode it's that moment that i'm like when they are in the pub that i'm like it is pretty i'm like okay that's still pretty freaking funny oh, yeah. just i don't know Especially seeing Yada having, he's just sitting there with a glass of wine and a rose in his hair. Like, look at this freaking pretty boy. Look at him. Like, this is great. Absolutely it was trashed. <laughs> yeah, it was cute. <laughs> Even though that episode really fucked over Zenigata, but. Mm. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm like, that's why, I'm like, again, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna open that can of worms again. Mm. I've already dressed <laughs> that I'm like, I already have my, my, my new perspective on it, which is helping me move past it. So I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna like make sure that but I'm like so I can look back and I go, you know what? At least the Sherlock arc is over. <laughs> yeah. But um uh <laughs> but overall, man, this episode just made me happy. It was just a nice episode. Mm-hmm. Like um, it was. It, it, it it's a nice because again, it's not. I don't even want to say light because it had some really get, great character work with with Goemon and Gabby, like you know, inspiring each other. But it, 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 mm-hmm. it, it's it's nice, not even counter-programming. It kind of balances out, you know, the heavier themes of, you know, the witch versus gentleman arc in the previous Jigen episode. I, I don't know. So far, mm-hmm. so good with how the tone's been handled. Because, like, with the last arc, in retrospect, I enjoyed the first two Holmes versus Lupin episodes because it was the setup. But in retrospect, with how it all played mm-hmm. out, I really only like all of the one-offs in the first half and like, I, 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 I can take, I, I can leave the, the homes, anything involving that because it just kind of threw, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just didn't gel together at all. Cause even though I had the theme of literature, which was cool, it didn't feel mm-hmm. like a whole. Whereas this feels a little bit more cohesive. It's almost like the guy who mm-hmm. is in charge of writing it has written like upwards of five series before this, whereas the other guy didn't. No shade <laughs> to the other guy, but you know. But it does, again, yeah. It, it does feel more cohesive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, again, maybe the other person was just like, if re- real first time being a showrunner and mm, just, yeah. you know, you know, again, we could sit here all day and talk about how bad the Sherlock Holmes versus, versus Lupin story became because we've done enough talking about it in previous episodes. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, with the one offs, you know, comparing the one-offs from that first half to this first half, um, if we're going to compare one-offs, um, I enjoy. I loved the one-offs from you know the Sherlock versus um, Lupin storyline, but it felt like the tone was all over the place with them, and and even within mm-hmm. the episodes, like the train episode, while it was very goofy, it it it, it did have a little bit of a tone problem. 
as did um, some other episodes that I can't think of. My favorite ones, obviously, were the Mamoru Oshii ones, just because I love Ernest Hemingway and that creepiness of like involving um, involving the Archangel Michael with that one storyline in Darwin's Bird. <laughs> which fun fact? Oh, yes. I got to see um, a facsimile well, of Darwin's Bird in Geneva, and I was like, oh. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, look at that, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like it's like we're going with the literature theme you know Ernest Hemingway also the bible <laughs> that's what I said <laughs> right <laughs> but with this one I feel like the tone the tone isn't all over the place singularity with the episodes like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 last one off episode with Jigen had one tone straight through and then mm-hmm. this one had one tone straight through well, the last one it was more emotional this one is more comedic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like I'm watching Disney's Hercules with these episodes and I'm thankful mm-hmm. for that <laughs> not not to diss on Disney's Hercules is just a tone was all over the place with that one, but it's still it's, one it's of my funny, favorite. Like, I, yeah, that's what I was like. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, analytically, yes, the tone, I can look at them and be like, yeah, they they kind of botched it on that, but mm-hmm. is it still one of my absolute favorite Disney movies to go back to? Absolute freaking lootly. <laughs> Hon- honey, my it favorite is, is Hunchback it, of Notre Dame, and that one's notorious for tonality problems, but yeah, we were just talking good. about that before it's we started recording today. We, we <laughs> were just before you started recording, just before you got on, we were talking Hunchback, which is actually <laughs> also, also, I'm that is my to, favorite. <laughs> what honestly, my favorite is Hercules, it's such a great version of Superman, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> No, I like how you said that because I've heard a lot of um, video essayists say it's basically a Superman story. It is. It's a, It's like it's a it's a Greek themed Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, Gre- Greek mythology was the original. Basically, when you think about it, it's the original superhero original story. Superhero it's the hero's story, journey. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, although, although it has more in common with you know Superman than it does actual Greek mythology. It, was, or it, it, yeah. even feels, it even felt like Rocky in some aspects. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. pretty much what it was. It was Rocky and it was Rocky and Superman and Greek mythology, like light mm-hmm. Greek mythology light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got it you know, blended. you like, know like, for kids. Yeah. Because uh, let's just say the kids should not be reading about the actual uh, story of Hercules no, and what happens no. to Megara and uh, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> And let's not open the can of worms that is Zeus. Just <laughs> Zeus. <laughs> Don't put your dick in it, Zeus. I'm going to put my dick put in it. it. <laughs> oh, like that's, sorry, a, that's, that's just all of Greek mythology. <laughs> so I guess that wraps up our feelings about <laughs> the, yes. the samurai you can collection. totally edit that out. No, no. This, but yeah, this the, is good. Uh, <laughs> oh, Lord. But, but yeah, no. Overall, I yeah, overall, I am again really loving the second half of part six so much mm-hmm. more. That it feels like it's again, yeah. Even with one offs, like I mean, every, every, I everything's gonna have one offs. With Lupin, you're gonna have your breaks, just like with part five did, and and, and part four with its little scatterings. But this mm-hmm. feels like they all are so much more thread together more cleanly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it's because they don't feel like they're, you know, when you, when you're committing to a location or anything like that, you don't, uh, it just didn't feel like it was co- as committed to that in the first half with the whole Britain stuff, you know, the whole English, a- English angle. 
with this one, I like that it's more of a theme versus a location that you're trying to tie it to. So you have a theme that's easier to stick to and easier to be flexible with while also making it like everything flows together really nicely um, because of that shared theme. Uh, when you're tying it tr- too closely to a location or to something so as specific as Sherlock Holmes, it's harder to stray from that mm-hmm. without it being so distracting. Mm-hmm. And again, like it's like, also why so many people like the one-offs better than the plot of Sherlock in mm-hmm. that first half because, well, there was nothing you had to really commit to in the one-offs. Um, and they were, yeah, they were more experimental and stuff like that and a little totally different, all totally different. And But, uh, but with this second half, I am loving that I can actually stick to it and watch each episode and enjoy each episode and be like, I'm looking forward to the next one because the theme is so much easier to stick to and it's sticking to it well as is. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to see where it keeps going. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I mean, yeah. One wonderful episode, comedy gold, <laughs> the samurai wears Prada at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this point, I don't think I can add anything else that hasn't already been said. I guess, you know, great episode. It's hilarious. We got to see, part of Goemon's butt in it so you know it's a win-win for everybody you know mm-hmm. <laughs> Goemon booty yeah I was like hey, the Goemon fans <laughs> ate well Let's, and, and as they should they deserve to they, they got that cake yo they got that cake literally got that cake <laughs> literally yeah. got yes. that cake yes we did <laughs> don't care about your face so long as you got them wedding cakes <laughs> uh, so Lauren where can we find you on the social medias? Well, uh, at, I, you can just pretty much find me at, at Twitter is at the Abbey Rody, um, and that's T H E A B B E Y R O A D I E. Uh, to spell it out, uh, it's a. I pretty much I, I post a lot of my my stuff on there. Uh, all my my portfolio links are there as well. If you like to see more of the stuff that I do professionally, um, pretty soon I will probably be adding with water, watermark of course um uh some a couple more prints that uh, i've worked on with doug Erholtz, uh just wrapped on a couple more for him uh so uh those will probably be shared as well uh and uh as of right now and i'm still working on a bunch of projects videos and all that kind of stuff for different people so keeping myself busy but so keep your eyes peeled on uh on the old social media on the bird app. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, Natalie, where can we find you? Well, you can find me on the birds on the Twitters at Capley Helsing. Obviously you can catch me on down in the grams. You know, I keep saying this, I got a couple grams and I'm not talking about those crackers. <laughs> um, at captain, <laughs> I know old jokes getting old at captain Lee Helsing. Um, <laughs> Don't really have really anything exciting going on right now, except work, you know, working with you guys. So yeah, you can also find me on the pod. Um, how about Chris? Where can we find you? Um, well, let's see. I can give you guys the bird by telling you that I'm located <laughs> at Doctor Furball. <laughs> um, really? Today's been a long week, man. All right, that's the best I can. <laughs> what a week, uh, huh? <laughs> But uh, I'm on most places. Um, 
Instagram, Newgrounds, uh, Comic Fury at uh, Amazing Chris Godby. It's a G O D B E Y. And uh, you can check it. You can, and I, matter of fact, I recommend it. Checking out my webcomics at weirdinacan.com and ow, I bit my tongue. And drawocoward.thecomicstrip.org. Did you bite your tongue? I did. <laughs> ow. <laughs> I hate when that happens. Mm, me too. Drew, where can we find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at DrewHunter15. That's D-R-E-W-H-U-N-T-E-R-1-5. You can find our podcast on Twitter and Instagram at LupinPod. That's L-U-P-I-N-P-O-D. And you can listen to our show on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And if you're listening on if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you know, if you like to, feel free to scroll on down. And you know, we put a lot of you know, we put a lot of pizzazz and our inner magma into the show. So you know, if you just, because <laughs> of that, if you wouldn't mind blessing us with you know five stars. If you, if you don't mind. Send honest. those five stars down the runway. Hey. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Um, uh, and also, before we end the show, we want to thank uh, Lauren for guesting with us again. <laughs> it was an honor to have you on the show. No, I'm happy to be back. I, 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 I always I had fun the last time, so I always have fun with you guys. So I'm, I'm always happy to be here. <laughs> Yay. And I wasn't able to be here last time because obviously I was... I was in the land of chocolate and mountains and and those really fancy pocket watches. No, not pocket watches. Um, Nivees thingies. Whatever. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying here is I'm thank- I'm I'm so glad that I was able to record with you, Lauren. And again, um, if I haven't said it enough already, because I know Drew did say it when you were here last. Thank you so much for the artwork. Like. <laughs> It was amazing. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, very glad you guys are, st- are still just loving that. That that was a fun. Oh. that was a fun banner to make. So I'm so glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, speaking I of that, loved it. Speaking Thank of you. that banner looking good, and also the word "amazing." Never mind. I already said that. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we will see you soon, Lupontic folks. Good night. Get out, everybody. Scram. <laughs> you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> you don't have to go home, but walk, leave. Walk. <laughs> look, 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 we're, we're, we're turning the lights out. We're just going to leave the door unlocked so you lock it on your way out. Yeah. We're Peter getting kids. that bitch crazy. I'm a free bitch, David. <laughs> Next time on Sideburns and Cigarettes. Let's see. So next week's episode, I don't. Is, I don't think really much to work with. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's like I want I want to do a big group one, but like I was gonna be like another fucking safe episode, really. Like I guess they're just playing it safe. Ah! <laughs> <laughs>
And there it is. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Thank you. <laughs> Perfect. And cut.